Hello and welcome to the next episode of the It Depends podcast. Today we're going to talk about fostering a positive work culture. I'm Daniel Pritchett and I'm here with Brian Langford. Hello again. Stephen Overholzer. Hey Daniel. And Ben Robin. Hello guys, good to be back. want to remind you to check in with us on Twitter, at Clear Function, with the hashtag It Depends. Tell us how you feel about the episode, any questions, any episode ideas, we'd love to hear from you. All right, with that out of the way, let's start talking about what a positive work culture means to us. I'm going to hand this to Ben, because I think this is... <laughs> so, what kind of things do we do around here to make sure everybody's having fun? <laughs> <laughs> I love the make sure they're having fun part. Right. You gotta, yeah. That's, exactly That's a hilarious question, Ben. Like I think, I think you asked that question with a positive intent. You want to make sure that you're enjoying work and thus also enjoying your life and your coworkers the same way, right? But right away you say that, and I'm worried. You know, is, is Ben going to follow me around and? Measure my fun levels. Fun police. And make sure yeah, the fun police. Right? <laughs> you do realize that we're peers, right? Like we're both we sit next to each oh, other, no, we're I both know. developers. Like I'm not explicitly afraid of you being the fun police, but yeah. <laughs> like I think we all want to have a healthy, positive environment, but different people have different experiences and different preferences about how that's realized. For me it's getting along with my coworkers. I know we have our monthly meetings and uh, Colin walks us through various facets of uh, healthy teamwork and communication and one of the things that we talk about regularly is healthy conflict. So this discussion we're uh, having right now could be an example of healthy conflict, right? And maybe that's as important as fun at the office. I mean, it's positive that we're sharing what we're thinking instead of just frowning each other and never discussing it. Yeah, I'd agree. I was thinking uh, also just, you know, the the best job that I, that uh, you know, I'm always uh, sort of shooting for is the job that I wake up each day and think I'm, I'm excited about going to work, you know, and that's fun, uh, for me. That kind of defines fun for me. And, you know, there, there, we could talk about certain specifics around what that could look like, but it's going to be obviously probably different for everybody. Um, but, uh, just, you know, that overall idea of, um, I want to be somewhere where I'm, ex- I'm happy to work just like, mm-hmm. like, uh, Daniel was saying, uh, work around great people and, um, and uh, and just feel excited about the work I'm doing and and part of the team, things like that. Okay. I think we could sort of delineate here, too. That's a good way to start, Brian. I feel like a lot of the conversation probably could revolve around how do we define fun or positive or good, whatever word you want to use to modify work culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's sort of what we're talking about is um, how to, you know, cultivate a positive work culture. But you could talk about the kind of work you do or the, the work you do and also the other things outside of like your like eight to five working sort of situation that happen that cause it to be positive as well. So maybe we could distinguish between those two things. Like I feel like the work that I get to do is really fun or positive or whatever word you want to use because it's meaningful work and because like we say at the end of every episode, we partner with visionaries. Like it's... it's um, it's not just super simple cranking out widgets, uh, but it's also like making a difference, making an impact, and then uh, like being able to solve problems is sort of challenging as well. So as far as what work we do, I feel like those few things help a lot towards having a fun work culture. I think a good um, way that, that, that our work culture um, contributes to fun is just not taking ourselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, I think we all work hard and definitely enjoy delivering quality um, in in the work that we do. But 
just realizing that we're all humans and, you know, we spend more time, you know, with each other than we do our families most weeks, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, if, if we take each other too seriously or take ourselves too seriously, I think it really sets up an environment that's, um, more challenging to work in. I get that. Like just general human relationships, not taking yourself too seriously, being able to joke and play around with each other. And I think we are individually for the most part sensitive to how we, how other people are feeling and when, and when it's appropriate to joke with someone and when it's not. And I know we've all been a little too far to one side or the other of the line at different times. I know I have. So it's good to feel like everybody likes each other and is here to help each other out and get some support. I, I found, uh, sorry, I'm kind of taking this a little more on the serious side, but I've, I've definitely found that, um, an opportunity for a positive work culture comes out of uh, a certain base understanding of your team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at, at the very bottom of that base is a level of trust with the people that you're working with, um, to understand that people are different and to, um, know that different people, you know, the, the same role is going to work differently. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think if you have some trust there, then then if there is uh, time for you know pranks or jokes or whatever, then it, it really gives um, there's a level of trust that there's uh, you know that it's all being done in the right mm-hmm. you know in the right in the right way or uh, as opposed to there not being that there, and then there's you know somebody's trying to have a good time and spice up the the work life, and then it it. Uh, it kind of backfires and people take things seriously and whatnot. Where do you think this trust comes from? I know in our case, many of the people at Clear Function have worked together in past jobs or know each other outside of the office. But I've been, I didn't know many of you before I started and uh, been here, what, year and a half now. And I definitely feel like shared experiences on different projects have led me to have a bit more trust and friendliness, just comfort with people mm. than I did when I started. Yeah, I didn't know any of you before I started. Mm-mm. But several of you knew each other. Yeah. And that does help a lot. Daniel's right. Yeah, I mean, I think it just, I think it comes from, uh, you know, assuming the good in the person uh, when you don't have that that relationship or mm-hmm. that past experience. And then, like, you're talking about, you know, it just kind of builds based on your experience with them in the day-to-day. Uh, and then... Uh, I think that's where 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 it comes from. So we have talked a little bit now about the actual work that we do. Like several of us are developers, and mm-hmm. we are paid to write code and be product experts and make product decisions and things like that. Um, but what sort of tangentially related things to our work makes this a positive work culture also? So like I'm thinking, for example, uh, not to just put you guys on the spot, I'm thinking of um, the code review lunch and learn that we just did. We just came from that today. Right. Uh, good timing. But we just looked at um, one of the features in one of our apps, Sifter, um, specifically the private comments feature, and just went through the code, um, in this case, that Daniel and I had worked on over the last several months, and then looked at it all together, uh, commented on it, tried to learn how we could do things better, or why we made certain decisions we did. Um, and that, to me, is really helpful in terms of just becoming a better developer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also something that's kind of more casual and fun that I enjoy. Yeah. What other things like that do we do? Hmm. I think in that case, I like the way that meeting 
shook out because the code in question was a couple of months old and it can be somewhat personal knowing that this person wrote that code and this person does or doesn't agree with the way it was written. But and this person approved that code. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, I think we did a pretty good job of talking about it somewhat objectively, sharing our thoughts and experiences and feelings about it without making it about the people, but just about the, the work that we all do. We can. It's easy to imagine yourself being the person who wrote that or approved it or whatever. Yep. So I like that for sure. Um, that, that's a good point. Just generally all the different meetings and interactions we have, we can make an, a decision to try to be positive about it and be supporting. So beyond code review, what other types of regular opportunities do we have to help each other out? Yeah, I think um, related to code review lunch or any sort of lunch, we also will do just a lunch and learn on random topic, right? Um, technical discussion yeah, or, technical or even or, literally random topics yeah, sometimes. Yeah, just somebody's took a cool trip or they're, they've got a certain hobby that they are interested in sharing. Mm-hmm. So they'll put together a you know, 15 or maybe 20 minutes of slides and talk and, you know, just kind of share your personal interests or things that you're involved in the community or whatever it could be. And it just gives a chance for, um, you know, those relationships to build, uh, and for you to understand more about your coworkers and Mm -hmm. it's over lunch generally. And doesn't hurt that Colin buys us all lunch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That, that was where casual environment thinking is, yeah. That type of thing is great, but it needs a level of organizational support. I mean, in a small team where the entire team's agreed, we're taking this hour off of client work and we're going to this room and we're going to share food, that works. But in a company with thousands of people, it's kind of hard to figure out who to invite to your lunch and learn and are they going to have, how do you keep them interested and how do you get them permission or support? And who's going to pay for lunch? There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's kind of a yeah, modified version. I don't know if you'd agree with this, Daniel, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. It's kind of a modified version of the investment time concept over at ThoughtBot. Okay. Uh, but just like time to, instead of just doing client work eight, eight to five, five days a week, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's set aside time where you're developing your skills as a person or developer or whatever it is um, so that it's sort of investment time in you that then affects positively you and your coworkers and the company and whatever. Oh, yeah, sure. I know we talked about on a previous episode, I think with Brian, about choosing when to learn a new topic. Yep. Uh, that if you don't make active investments, that you're slowly regressing or at least getting left behind by progress in technology in the market. So, yeah, if you do figure, I've got my employees for 40 hours a week and I'm going to actually get 40 billable hours out of them with no internal time for development or research, that I would expect them to you and the employees to slowly sort of regress or lose their place in the market. So certainly you've got to pick a number for internal investment and future growth. I think there's a there's some opportunity around here that we take really good advantage of. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking of, I am thinking of the CF soundboard that I have on my phone here. Um, Chewy, for example. Uh, that Jesse built like within the last week or so mm-hmm. because he wanted to try out React Native and this Expo sort of app tester thing on iPhone and Android. Um, so it was an excuse to like try out React Native, learn it, see how it works, see if we could use it for projects or products, mm-hmm. uh, but built something really fun with it, like the soundboard that we all now have on our phones and annoy each other with constantly. Yeah. Right. Just kidding. But I mean, we do all have it and it's <laughs> yeah. really funny. Um, but it's also like it's 
it's sort of related to what we do because yeah. he was trying React Native, which we right. would totally use. And we've used React in several of our apps already. Mm -hmm. So the native component's really interesting to us from a business perspective. Yeah, I mean, for me, I now have actually written a few lines of React Native code that have been deployed to a real phone that I can use. Yeah. So yeah. that's something we could look into as a potential business or line of business. I know cell phone apps are something people want to pay for. So now more of us have touched that, even right. if it started out as a joke. And with a fun reason to do it. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. I think what's kind of, I mean, that is kind of cool about, you know, where we're at, we get kind of the opportunity, freedom, I guess you will, to uh, to pursue things like that. Mm -hmm. um, some listening may not have, you know, quite that amount of freedom to to do that. And one idea I had was, uh, was I was at a previous company, um, uh, we decided to each, we kind of had like a daily stand-up meeting like we do here uh, using Scrum and all, but um, it was it was not Scrum. We were just doing a day. It was just a daily meeting, and one of the uh, we we decided to try out. You know, tell us what you uh, what you did over the weekend. Like if it was like a Monday or whatever, and it was just a way to kind of engage everyone on the team and kind of get to know them a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think in some ways that provided some kind of like fun to it. It was like, oh, I didn't realize you went out of town and got talking about that and yeah. and getting to laughing about that. And I think that was one of the first things, even just coming to Clear Function, for example, um, you kind of picked up early on was when we'd have our stand-up, we were having fun in the stand-up because we were right. talking about things and laughing about different things. And so um, I think that's maybe one way to make a step towards that um, if you find yourself in a place that, you know, maybe you just don't know if you can uh, quite you know, work on a soundboard, for example, or whatever, um, but could get the, you know, could get the uh, camaraderie, I guess, going within the team itself and um, and uh, present some fun uh, in the mornings. So just an idea. Tell us about your chatbot, Daniel. Oh, man. Um, Clear Function uses Slack, and we have since day one for internal communications, message sending, alerts, all kinds of stuff. And I've been a fan of writing and playing with chatbots for years, especially the Hubot chat framework written in JavaScript. And I think I tried to create one about a year ago here, but didn't have anything to, any use for it, so it kind of died. But we have a new one, and it's basically just listens to message triggers. So if you say specific words in the chat, the bot will respond with other words or pictures. And it's uh, wound up, we wound up integrating it with our Sonos here in the office, so you can command the bot to play an MP3, and you send it a URL. Ooh, sick burn. Yeah, that was the original feature of the bot, is Mo was running around yelling burn at people for reasons, I guess, we're making fun of each other. But, uh, yeah, so I made it. <laughs> so, yeah, we have MP3s that will play in response, like silly sound effects like that. It seems to be mostly what ours is used for, but there's a lot of different directions that could go. It's been fun for me to get it out there and see... I think everyone on the team has used it at least once, some more than others. And I've seen code contributions from at least two team members to yeah, make several enhancements. people. I feel like on those deals, there's sort of this initial overhead that somebody's got to pay this sort of technical debt to get it out there, get it maybe get it on continuous deployment or get it on GitHub or whatever it is. Yeah, and like ship something to production in some form or fashion so that others can contribute to it. But once you commit to pay the initial um, cost of it, 
it, it sort of gets adopted in really meaningful ways. So like I'm thinking of one of the things that Burnbot does is remind us that there's 60 seconds to stand up every morning, which mm-hmm. is like super practical and helpful because some of us might just forget that it's 9.15 and it's time for stand up like me. Um, and so you hear on the Sonos speaker that it's time for stand up in 60 seconds. That's helpful. And then also every week, uh, when it's time to record this podcast, we have it play the, the podcast music, um, so that we know like, Hey, go to the, the recording studio and let's record it depends. And speaking of that, uh, we got a recent request to stop doing that because <laughs> the noise that we play is a little too exciting. And so that's that's a fun example when looking at this type of activities, it's possible to go too far. I know from firsthand experience, specifically with chatbots over the years, is I can build a fun tool into a chatbot and other people have a lot of fun with it. And then we'll get a third person who says, please don't have all that much fun in my face all the time. So you, you got to be careful and recognize that you can go too far and maybe you need to keep an eye on who's enjoying it and who's not really laughing along and maybe dial it back because not everybody signed up to come to an office where they have soundboard playing 24-7. That's fair. That's a fair point. So, yeah, I'm going to disable that alert or at least figure out how to make it less uh, intense for next well, week. Well, it is 15 seconds of audio. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right. maybe we could make it like one second or something. Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Slack has also been kind of one of those things, too, that I feel like for our team, especially, it's a way to sort of kid with each other and, yeah. uh, you know, animated gifts that you can uh, do and stuff in it. And so um, definitely I feel, feel like a tool like that has certainly uh, opened up um, mm-hmm. some of that kind of thing to happen. So Yeah, I mean, fun. I think Slack, the company too, would be like happy to have us say this, but Slack is something that helps us have fun around work. Like it's just part of the way they built the tool and like hope that the tool is used. So like right. Mo will send you know, five megabyte GIFs or something that we all have to expand anyway. But then when we see them and they load, they're really funny. And like, you don't have to respond to stuff with GIFs, but sometimes when you do, it makes things a little bit more fun. Yeah. And and this is all in and around the context of our regular jobs. We're doing work, we're communicating about projects. Yeah, we don't just send each other GIFs all day. Right. So that's the thing is... But the occasional well-timed GIF is super helpful. There are Slack competitors out there that have matching feature lists but aren't fun. So, yeah, you could take Slack and strip out all the fun, and then it wouldn't necessarily get used half as much. And if you're on a remote team, too, especially um, having Slack, being able to to do that type of thing, um, it's just, you know, you can kind of bring fun into Mm -hmm. a a remote team environment, too, that way, you know. Uh, I was wondering with Stephen, we talked about different meetings and regular events and how you can use those to build up relationships. I know Stephen mentioned in our remote work episode that it's hard and you need to be proactive about reaching out to the remote employees or contractors or what you might have to to try to get them involved. So we've got people that we just see for 10 minutes and stand up every morning and I need to remind myself to try to personalize that relationship more and talk to them about something other than the code they wrote yesterday. Yeah, or even I, just this morning, like I, I pushed you over so that you would be on screen of the video for the yeah. people who were remote and stand up. Just, just like that helps when I've been remote during stand up a few times. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think probably we all have. And when you're just hearing the voice off screen, it's really, um, disengaging. Yeah. So just being able to see that face is something that helps, I think, have a good work culture. Yeah, Stephen, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was just adding that personal element to conversations, stand-ups, meetings. Uh, is really important. Kind of piggyback on your point, Brian. If you know, if if it's always, if your meetings are always about the topic at hand, you know, the task or you know whatever the to-do list is, getting it hammered out. It just 
it doesn't set up a, a great, you know, positive environment. Um, you know, you may get good work done, but you know, you start to burn out if, if the people that you're working with, you, you have no idea what they're doing during, right. Know, what, what they're interested in is just humans outside of work. And, um, you know, I think you gotta, you gotta throttle that a little bit. Some, some people would prefer to kind of stick more to just the nine to five and yeah. not, not really engage on, on as much on the personal level. But I think, I think your point is a good one. Uh, Brian, just that, you know, we, we spend so much time together and, and it helps to give, if you have additional context to, you know, the people that you're working with. Yeah. And what you mentioned about the nine to five, I think that sort of ties into one of my favorite counter examples for a lot of the things we discuss is not everybody's going to have the time, like say at the, at one extreme, you'll have a, a startup environment where people are in the office 12 hours a day because they don't have any they don't have much going on at home and this is their social life and they don't have any dependents and they're just going to come, they're going to come in at noon, hang out, play foosball and eat pizza and then program till 3am. Right. And like, well, this is kind of fun. I'm getting paid. well. So that's not, I mean, that's, that's the opposite extreme. But then on the flip side, you might have say a single parent who really only has this many hours to offer and they're going to do their best to get in and get their work done professionally and sure have respectful, positive relationships with coworkers, but yeah. maybe it's going to have less, patience or interest for the, yeah. the sidebar stuff. Yeah, I definitely can attest that uh, fun not being forced um, <clears throat> seems to go over better. Yeah. Uh, so I, when I, I said, what do we do to make sure we have fun, that sounded like it was <laughs> Brian yeah. was cringing a little bit. Yeah, right. just a little bit. No. Like, yeah. <gasps> um, just having that, <laughs> you know, having it happen natural, naturally, you know, uh, between uh, your team, I think, is the way to go if you can have it sort of have yeah, not that true. you can't you know like I said earlier just bring up like hey what'd you do over the weekend you know not that you can't do that but I just mean you know it not being so so demanded and right. sort of uh, mm-hmm. mechanical in, yeah. in, in, in the way it comes across that's so. fair hey, yeah I mean I could Peter, even I could imagine not going? wanting to talk about <laughs> <laughs> I mean I think that the underlying assumption here that we're all sort of talking around is that we're just not all robots who like type on the keyboard for mm-hmm. eight hours a day, five days a week, you know, right. and anything that we can do to sort of uh, encourage that that reality mm-hmm. is something that makes work more. Like Brian said earlier, something that we want to wake up and come to. And like I think we all generally feel that way, you know, ninety percent of the time, or maybe a hundred percent of the time about this job. Like I've heard all of us make comments about this being such a great job. Um, but I think that's basically what we're getting at is that it doesn't feel like I'm just coming here to type. I'm, like there's a lot that I'm actually doing that's meaningful, that's developing me, that's developing the world, um, and that's also like enjoyable. Uh, lunches is another. I mean, we talked about lunch and learns uh, a few minutes ago, but uh, even just um, the spontaneous of getting together uh, and having just lunch together somewhere um, or getting outside, that sort of thing. Um, I think that you know, for me, that's one of the things I like coming into the office for um, is to be around you guys and. Um, you know, occasionally going to lunch and stuff like that together, hang out. So, you know, just having that kind of available is nice too. I've got a buddy who says uh, often that he could probably do any work job, like no matter what the content was. He often uses um, being a garbage collector as an mm-hmm. example that he would be able to do that or any job with, because it's like the assumption is that people think of that as not a great job. I don't know if that's true or not. I've never been one, um, but. 
the assumption is that it's not. So he uses that as an example to say, if I were doing that with the right people, no matter what the job is, I would have a fun time. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's what I'm hearing you mm-hmm. say, Brian, is because we like hanging out with each other in general. We go to lunch with each other, even though we don't have to. Um, we learn from each other. We crack jokes with one another. Um, we feel like we can help each other. You know, It just makes what we do even more fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of just being a cubicle, like come to work and get a paycheck so you can eat and move on. I think also one other thing is that we get asked for our opinion a lot, which is really, I like. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think about that? I do appreciate that. And I generally notice when it's happening that someone who maybe didn't have to is making an effort to find out what I think about something. Yeah. And that's not not something I force to happen either. It just sort of happens to me. And I like that. That's great. Mm. Yeah. I I do like it. You got to be careful though, to actually listen and care. You can't just mechanically ask people what they think and then ignore it. Agreed. Because that's worse than yeah, just not yeah. asking yeah. at all. No, that's true. That's a good point, though. Yeah. Because it's been a long time since I've seen that happen, maybe 20 years ago, but I still remember. But it's nice to be heard. Like, even in, you know, we've had, like, values conversations before about, like, what, who do we want to be as a company kind of thing. And, like, to be asked and heard in those mm-hmm. meetings is really encouraging to me. Yeah. I think you guys probably are similar. How, how would you say that it fuels fun for you uh, personally? Uh, uh, I'm just curious. Again, just the idea that I, I'm more than just a cog in a machine, but like I'm not just right. coming here and cranking out widgets. I'm actually like contributing to something. Yeah, contributing, having ownership in not just the code, but also the company mm-hmm. and the projects and the products and stuff like that, and being able to make a meaningful impact. Hmm. Sorry for sounding like a millennial, but I am one, and I'd like <laughs> to make an impact, whatever that means. I feel like that's kind of a fundamental management tension. You want to involve people and make them feel like they're participating and helping out, but you also still have to respect the business model and the profit engine. So you want people to be able to have fun and contribute, but you can't necessarily sign off on people spending all their time doing speculative stuff or research stuff or fun stuff. Right. So So how do you balance that, Stephen, as project manager? (laughs) Yeah, Stephen. Very carefully. Oh, okay, great. Moving on. Um, You know, it's kind of a... It's really challenging because, I mean, I find myself in the same boat. You know, I enjoy working on things that bring me gratification. Uh, And there's certain things in my job that I would prefer to steer away from if given the choice. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You know, obviously as an agency, we're we're in business to deliver quality products to, to our clients. And so... M- measuring how well we're doing that, um, uh, you know, against employee satisfaction and, you know, personal betterment and professional um, development, all those things, they're, they're kind of in a big hopper. And um, some of it's just trying to keep a pulse on the team and a feel for how morale is and, Maybe, you know, if you're deep into a project that's multiple months, you know, you start to see a little bit of a drag um, in morale. Um, so it's important to, to be able to sense that and um, maybe shift, even if it's for a half day, you know, work uh, to something that may be more of a pet project or just, you know, a mind shift uh, for a little bit. I, I've not figured out a, a great formula for it, honestly. It's kind of a, a some of its feel and some of it's based on the numbers and you know the how how we're doing specifically on the projects that are in 
in progress, you know, if we're ahead on, on something that we have, um, you know, if, yeah, if we're, if we're ahead on a project, it, it, it makes a lot, it makes it a lot easier to try to figure out, um, ways that we could shift work and make sure that everybody's staying happy and content and all that as opposed to being behind and just having to keep, keep driving and driving and driving to get it done. So it made me think of something, uh, as you were, uh, talking through that I sort of feel like um that's true what you're saying is true it but uh, also I sort of think it's kind of a it, this balance it's sort of a give and take I'm gonna try to explain it best I can but um you know as a developer working for let's say you know I'm working directly with Stephen who's the let's say he's the business owner he's running the business you know I want to I want to have one of course and he knows that I want to have fun but for me to have fun you know um, I, we also need to provide, <laughs> we need to provide, um, you know, deliver on our projects and things like that so yeah. that that can continue. Right. And so it's kind of a give and mm. take. It's me understanding that I've got to get some things really done, mm-hmm. um, to, for one, to be even just, just to stay in business. Right. I understand that. And, but at the same time too, you know, Steven sort of understands that, Hey, I'm a, I'm a developer, and um, if I can't stay engaged very long, then my, maybe morale starts to go down, and I might not be here long. You know, right, right. So there is kind of that balance, I guess, and so I was that, or that maybe a tension. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, no, I totally I think see it what you're Sort saying. of is both of us sort of have to have that communication going on or understanding. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah it makes like, a ton of sense. I'm with you. I, you guys know me as the points guy, the one who always wants to get more points in sprint review. Um, and so sometimes for me, like just being sort of the achiever type of personality, and maybe that's common in our profession. I don't know. Maybe a lot of folks are like that, but I definitely am. And so sometimes even sort of that productivity, like getting things done, writing more code, finishing more stories is, is not even a means to an end. It's an end in and of itself. Like Mm -hmm. I I have fun by accomplishing something like that. So that also helps Mm. and and sort of balance the tension that you're talking about, I think. Yeah. That's a really good point for I guess project management is Stephen being aware of what motivates us individually. Like maybe this story is going to make Ben's day and ruin Daniel's week. So he might see that coming. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully not at the same time. I just mean like you could choose, figure out who of the available developers might be best suited for working on this one. Yeah. I think it also maybe just points to the importance of communication between your manager Mm -hmm. and yourself as a developer. Um, Just so he knows how you're feeling, you know, morale, you know, how's your morale kind of going? He kind of has a sense of that. Hopefully he's already sensing that uh, without you having to come to him and tell him. But um, just sometimes you you have to communicate that, that, hey, um, I'm getting burned out with this and I just, things aren't fun. Um, and figure out a way to, you know, work that out. Um, I don't know if you'd have any other thoughts on that, Stephen, but uh, I feel like, Occasionally, we have to have those conversations, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely try to gauge uh, you guys in what you enjoy working on. I mean, I understand that sometimes I get better productivity out of y'all if you're working on something that you're just naturally interested in versus, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a milestone in this project and we got to grind through it. Nobody really enjoys it. But um, so, I, you know trying to match match up interests with the work is definitely part of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I always um, prefer someone to uh, approach and say, hey, listen, I don't really, uh, 
I don't know if I'm really making the appropriate progress here. Um, you know, is there a point where I could kind of hand this off to someone else or, um, you know, you mind if I look back at the backlog and, you know, see for next sprint, if there's something else, I'm, I'm definitely open to, uh, to having those conversations. Um, on the other side of it, it's, it's difficult when, when I do understand that there's really nothing I can do, you know, mm -hmm. based on just the work at hand, but, um, right. Yeah. Trying to gauge you guys and the work to do and the satisfaction levels. That's a, that's yeah. a big part of it. At the same time too, hearing you say that to, to me as a developer is very helpful to know. That's that, exactly what hey, I was going to say, Brian. It's kind of out of, I know it's out of your control, you know, you know, whereas maybe before I thought, well, it's in his control. It's, he's the, you know, well, or even like you know. it's on his radar. Like it's something he right. thinks about regularly to be reminded of that is nothing but helpful. Right. You know, like from yeah. a non-manager perspective, Stephen, I feel like you do a great job of, of managing that. Uh, like we're sort of, talking a little bit about project fatigue and, and I feel like you know it's a thing you think about it you try to find ways you can manage it and when you do when you can you do and I definitely feel that and it's it's always great it makes yep. the makes the job better yeah I mean I see y'all's satisfaction in work um you know change depending on what we're working on and you know it's always great when there's a great match there and yep. you guys are fulfilled in in the work that we're completing both because you know, the project, the, it's a great client. It's, you know, just the work is just natural, naturally interesting to you. Um, the real challenge is when it's not a great match and we still got to do the work. And uh, I think that's where the relationships come in that we were talking about. Um, and also just thinking about small ways that we can impact our work environment, um, you know, for the positive, whether it's through gifts or, you know, the, the ways that we use Slack and uh, the soundboard and all, all those small things that uh, standing alone don't make a big impact, but uh, with good people and, uh, you know, the right team, it, it can make a big difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely adds up over time. We used to ha make a habit of uh, taking a trip to the gas station, you know, <laughs> just being folks right. who sit at the desk a lot, it, it's good to get up and walk around and stretch your legs, and so we make a, a team team trip to the, the convenience store around the corner. We need and, to do uh, that again more. Yeah, maybe we yeah. could go do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see you later. Okay. I was really interested in Brian describing burnout and just fluctuate, fluctuating interest and energy levels when discussing it with Stephen. It sounded like Brian was sort of imagining himself being aware of his rising and falling emotions and energy levels and Maybe Brian is, but I don't always feel like I'm going to be the first one to know if I'm having a good day or a bad day. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Ben could tell you before I could uh. if, uh, you know, how I'm doing on a given day. And on that note, I don't know if you guys do this, but we have regular one-on-ones with our supervisor, which in my case is Colin. So it's not uncommon for me to point out to Colin that, say, if I've been working closely with Ben, like, I think Ben seems really unusually energetic and engaged with this particular piece of his work. I wanted to point that out, so hopefully you can try to focus on that and reinforce it, or the other way around. Like, uh, you know, I, I see Ben's been working on this for a while and did, does not seem to be agreeing with him. You know, please take care of Ben. And I don't mean it like I'm calling Ben out for struggling on a, a story, just more like I know we all like Ben, and <laughs> it'd be nice if uh, whatever he's been pushed into here is not something that... He has to do all the time. Yeah, so I don't know how you guys feel about that. 
There we go. So yeah, maybe I'm picking a bin here. It just happens that he and I sit next to each other and work on a lot of the same things. But is that does that sound cool to you guys, or is that over the line? Me talking amongst other coworkers about like, oh, it looks like Brian's having a great time. Isn't that good? Or oh, it looks like Brian needs some help. Is that speaking normal? from Ben's perspective? I think it's great. Okay. Yep. <laughs> good job, Ben. Yeah, I think it, I think it's good. Um, um, I mean, I think. As someone who manages projects and resources for certain projects, I mean, I, I, I always appreciate the input um, where people will come and just say, "Hey, you know, this is yeah, this is really, this is really great. I'm really loving this," and and the opposite as well. I feel like I try to lean on the input of um, of the team uh, as opposed to you know always pursuing that or or wanting others to you know come on behalf of someone else to mm. advocate for right. uh, for yeah, them but it, for what it's worth I find myself doing the same thing for you guys as well uh at at given any given time you know so yeah. I think it's good just to keep a a finger on it of like like you're more than just coworkers you're friends and mm-hmm. so like I want you to enjoy <laughs> enjoy your life you know, so right. definitely tell Daniel and Ben when you're feeling down. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. the word will get around. They'll spread the love. Right. Yeah, I, I guess there's a fine line That's between that point, and uh, negative politics. You know, I could just as easily go make something up to to tell Stephen, like, "Hey, it looks like Ben needs to be redirected to this so that I can do that." You know, I like to think that's not what I'm doing, but who knows? You know, just be aware when you're. Duly noted. Meddling and with other people's <laughs> affairs. I guess. Duly noted. <laughs> well. I think we're going to have to take one of those walks to the convenience store now. But uh, if you would like to continue the conversation, jump in on Twitter and let us know about your work culture. Uh, Tell us what things you see happening that that make things positive or uh, give us some feedback on something you heard that you feel like you could try out, um, something really practical that you could try out maybe this week or or next week. And just let let us know what you think at Clear Function or hashtag It Depends. Thanks for coming, guys. Yeah, Yeah, appreciate it. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Depends, a podcast by Clear Function. Clear Function is a group of happy engineers based in Memphis, Tennessee. We partner with visionaries to bring their ideas to life. For more information, check out our website at clearfunction.com.